Courtney. Hey, Sasha. I went on a walk the other day, forgot to put on sunscreen, and I saw a ghost. Whoa. What happened then? I was terrified. Hey, it's spoof hour. It's spoof hour. Hour, a paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. This is Sasha. This is Courtney. As always, find us online at Spoop Hour on Twitter and Instagram. Go to the Instagram for great visual bits and Twitter to see our retweets of just bananas, bonkers <laughs> things related to <laughs> related to Spoop Hour, including I think recently there was someone who was doing a survey on like the most fuckable <laughs> supernatural creature. <laughs> It's like, all right, that's something that we should retweet. Except they included a robot, and I'm like, that's not really. Yeah, that's, that's not, not really supernatural. Yeah. Right, maybe sci-fi, but not yeah. supernatural. Also, what yeah. kind of robot are we talking? Right, that's what I was like. If it's, like I ended an, up. I think I. What did I vote for? I think I voted for just ghost. Yeah, like if it's like an AI style robot where it seems like a human, obviously that kind of robot. But if it's just like. The blocky, like, Jetsons, Rosie the Robot made kind. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, but you know even more fuckable. I was going to say, you know that someone's drawn a porn of that, oh, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Somebody grew up and was like, you know who was I sexy? I want to fuck Rosie. I want to fuck Rosie from the Jetsons. <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday morning here. We're still waking up. Yeah, I, I overslept. <laughs> So we're gonna get this show on the road. We're doing Did it. anything spooky happen to you this week? Not really. Mm-hmm. You know, just standard like weird dreams. I dreamt I was late for your wedding, which I told you about, and then I made the yeah. decision in the dream to shave my legs using a mustard packet. Yeah. So you know, Mm-mm. I was glad yeah. to wake up from that one. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, um, no, not really. How about you? Well, I guess if you consider having to read Twilight New Moon is. A terrifying experience. It is very upsetting. <laughs> I'm like 11 chapters into the book and we still haven't used the word werewolf. Bella has now <laughs> seen the werewolves and still she's like, huh, a pack of wolves. That one reminds me of Jacob. How weird. How weird. <laughs> and then she asks like no questions. It's. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> That wolf seems a little bit like a boy that I know. Literally, it's like a wolf turns and looks at her, and she's like, all of a sudden, I was reminded of Jacob. And then she, like, gives that no further thought or introspection. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, this wolf made me think of this boy. Anyway. Anyway. I'm hungry. Back to my life. (laughs) And how sad I am all the time. All the time. Because Edward isn't here. And like me, me, me. I get, like, I would be hesitant if I saw a wolf. I absolutely wouldn't think it was a werewolf. But I don't live in a world where I know vampires exist. Right. So, like... Like, if vampires exist, what's stopping any other supernatural creature from existing? Exactly. It's like, okay, so vampires are real. Logically, that means probably something else is real, too. But she just... She never she gets just, there. I'm Again, no. I'm, I think I'm on chapter 12 now, and still, no werewolf. If you want to hear us talk more about Twilight, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash spoop hour. If you want to hear me yell at Sasha about it. Yeah, it's great. How long was I recording the other day? It's like an hour and 15 minutes. I'm going to go through yeah. it, but I don't think I'm going to edit it. It's just going to be an no, hour and 15 minutes. No, don't edit it. No. <laughs> Patreon content doesn't get edited the way our podcast does. That's true. And yeah, so you get full unedited. This is what we're like. And <laughs> this I have is a what lot we're of like. Twilight feelings. I apologize for jingling. My cat is being needy, so she is on the desk with me and rubbing her face on all my shit. (laughs) I heard surround sound jingling in that. I think my cat is also (gasps) around here somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, I hear Our most (laughs) catsy recording ever. Right. How about you? Did anything spooky happen to you this week? (laughs) Uh, 
other than listening to me talk about Twilight? Nah. <laughs> just, you know, you're, you're run-of-the-mill scary dreams. Yeah, it's one of those weeks where, like, the real world is being horrible, so, like, yeah. what, is, what spoop is there left? So Right. Oh, I was in, like, a time suck the other day. Actually, I feel like I've been in a time suck lately. Yeah. Where, like, I am sitting, and then I look at the clock, and then I sit... And I look at the clock, and it's been an hour. And I'm oh, like, no. but I didn't do anything during that last hour. Where did it so, go? Yeah, so I've been yeah having a little bit of heart, like a hard time with time management. <laughs> but <laughs> yesterday was weird because I woke up at 4.45 and was awake for about 12 hours before I finally was able to, like, I just got a subscription to Calm. Oh, and so is I it put good? In, it's good. It's I mean, it's kind of pricey, but yeah. for a, you pay for the one year up front, mm-hmm. but then you just, like, forget about it. But, yeah, I did a sleep story in the afternoon because I was just, like, angry about a lot of things that I was reading on the internet and, like, yeah. got really riled up. And I was like, I just need to, like, get out of my head. So a man told me about Shakespeare's London, and oh. I fell right asleep. <laughs> and then last night, I put on something about, like, a Japanese tea ceremony. Oh, nice. And... I did fall asleep eventually, but there was, like, a point where she was, like, describing, like, a place in Japan, and then I got, like, back in my head, where I got, like, really riled up about having never lived in Japan except as a small child, Mm -hmm. and then, like, upset with myself and then passed out. (laughs) So So that one kind of worked. I will say... Harry Styles is on there somewhere, too. I haven't listened to his yet. Weird. I always get targeted ads for Calm. Because, like, mm-hmm. all the advertisers know I'm just, like, a tightly wound basket case. But, so, the past three Fridays, my beloved Bogman Hosier has been doing <laughs> these live reads of poetry on his Instagram. Ooh. And so it's this, like, very soft, soothing, Irish-accented mm-hmm. voice reading poetry. And I have one saved that I haven't watched yet because I missed it live because work is stupid and doesn't. Yeah. For some reason, isn't willing to let me take an hour off to watch someone read poetry in the middle of the day. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so I have it saved. And last night I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this to fall asleep tonight. But then I ended up just like passing out as soon as I hit the bed. So I did not. But the next yeah. time I'm having a hard time sleeping. Yeah, it's it's funny because like I I've tried to listen to this one podcast that says like it was like what, sleep, sleep with, me? with me or false yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that one used, usually worked for me and then back when I was in college I had one professor who had like a really good like NPR voice mm-hmm. and he he couldn't come into class one day so he recorded a lecture and just had us like listen to it online and I ended up. Sc- like audio like just ripping the audio from it mm-hmm. and like would play it to fall asleep <laughs> not because it was boring but like his voice was very soothing yeah. i put it on like very low volume audio shenanigans what even i'm are so they? sorry it's fine it's like an oops all crunchberry scenario but it's oops all audio oopsies So, one, if you need it, listen to the Calm app. You get a seven-day free trial. Again, we're not sponsored by them. I'm just having a good time with it. If they want to sponsor us, we will take their money. Oh, we will take it. Yeah, you get a seven-day free trial before they charge you, so you can play with the um, music, the meditation, and the sleep things. And if you don't like it, you can cancel it. Two, Um, if you don't want to pay money or try the seven-day free trial, Hosier has been reading poetry for free. Hell yeah, and it he has, has a similar effect. So <laughs> yes, three. If you're a Patreon listener and you want us to try to put you guys to sleep, let us know. Yeah, can you imagine? Because us that would be really cool. Being soft and soothing, we can yes. put it on our like voice acting reel when we inevitably yes. cross over into voice acting, which we have both secretly wanted to do for a long time. Exactly. <laughs> I've been working on my voices. I know. So I have, we absolutely should. This is a true story. I have saved, I think it's the Lady Pod Squad, one of the podcasting groups we're in on Facebook. Somebody posted, like, here is a, a running list of, like, casting calls for audio Ooh. stuff. I have had that saved, no joke, for, like, over a year. And I just haven't been <laughs> brave enough to try yet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's 2020. What do you have to lose? You're right. Literally nothing. <laughs> Literally so nothing at this point. many things have already been taken from me. <laughs> Right? Oh, Ugh. I know something that's spooky that happened to you. Oh. You got, you summoned a pigeon. 
Yes, I did we summon a pigeon. We have to talk about the pigeon. Yes. I meant to talk about it earlier, but I forgot. Good. I was like, good thing that my audio got messed yeah, up. Yeah, because otherwise we wouldn't have <laughs> talked about the pigeon, and I fucking, I'm obsessed yeah. with that pigeon. <laughs> so I woke up at 6.45 in the morning yesterday to do engagement shoot. I was supposed to do my engagement shoot back in the spring, but then COVID happened, and so we're doing it three weeks before our wedding. That's fine. Again, it's whatever. remember when we could do things? <laughs> right. <laughs> so we just basically did, like, a pre-wedding shoot, and so we can meet our photographer and, like, get to know her and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we sat on a dock <laughs> at the Old Town Alexandria waterfront yesterday morning, and there are two pigeons sitting on, like, these big, tall logs sticking out of the water, and then... As she was taking photos of us, the pigeon just flew by, and then another pigeon flew by, and this photo was captured with this beautiful, like, think about, like, every, like, stock movie. image of, like, a dove flying. Yeah, it's in that pose. It's in that pose. You couldn't have tried and to take a, this photo. It's a pigeon. <laughs> so that pigeon is now my, like, fairy godmother. Mm-hmm. Maid of Honor. Slash like, guardian in case one of you angel. swaps souls yeah. with a sea witch that steals voices. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> he is my Sebastian the Crab. I, I'm i obsessed. Like, I went through, obviously, your engagement photos, and then I was like, holy shit, that pigeon's in That's perfect focus. Like, it's like, the right? things that are in focus are you, JR, and that fucking pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. Can we post it on the Instagram? Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll post, post it on, on Instagram. Instagram so you can see the pigeon. And like, I'm going to my give up thing... my bridesmaid spot for that pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part is this, like, everyone's like, oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But then there's also like comments on the photo where everyone's just like, pigeon. Yeah, ev- everyone before me was like, oh, you look amazing. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. And then my comment was just all caps, the pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> and so I ended up actually posting it in... I feel personally, personally attacked, attacked by, by this aggressive, aggressive bird. bird. Yeah. So if you're in that Facebook group, then you probably have found it. Yep. So <laughs> Co- comment spoop hour under that photo. Yes. We'll send you a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about today? Speaking of recent things. Right. Speaking of recent things. So in our last episode, we talked about if people still see ghosts or if it, the the number of like ghost sightings kind of going down in the modern era because people don't want to be seen as like crazy for admitting that they've seen a ghost. Mm-hmm. And then that led me and Courtney to think about like modern ghosts and, you know, are there not just modern sightings of ghosts, but also like are there ghosts from like our lifetime? So like ghosts of the 90s, ghosts of the 2000s. And we ran into a little trouble. <laughs> so it turns out when you Google recent ghost, it'll be like, you know, six months ago, ghost sighting. And then you're like, perfect. And you click on it. And it's like, we're pretty sure this ghost is from 1683. And it's like, no. And we saw it in 2019. It's like, no, that's not. No, that's not what I mean. I want like, it's 2019. The ghost I saw is from 1994. It was wearing a flannel and it was yelling for Kurt Cobain. Like, that's what I right. want. <laughs> yeah. But that is... Oh, I should we should have Googled, like, Kurt Cobain Kurt ghost. Cobain's ghost. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Next it's time okay. we do Modern Another Ghosts, episode. we're going to think of yeah. people who, t- who passed away in the who last, died like, died in our lifetimes years. and try to find their ghosts. Yep. Yeah. Man, that would have been yeah. smart. Too bad we're not smart. It's okay. We, we wa- worked our way to it, and we did find some pretty cool and s- stuff anyway. We did. So yeah. we're going to talk to you about... A semi-recent cryptid, <laughs> and we'll go into yeah. why it's semi-recent in a minute, and then just a couple, like, semi-recent ghosts, and Sasha found an article that I'm very excited to discuss about some real yeah. recent ghost stuff. Yep. <laughs> so, I'm gonna kick things off first to cite my sources. This all came from Wikipedia, Observer.com, Snopes.com, Montauk-Monster.com, SILive.com, Slate.com, and Mirror.co.uk. And I'm going to talk about the Montauk Monster. Woohoo! This is a big surprise for Sasha. You definitely didn't know this was coming. So I love the Montauk Monster. Speaking of how stupid the, we are. That recent cryptid. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of how stupid we are. It was almost exactly 12 years ago that the Montauk Monster hit the scene. So I'm just a dummy that the past, like, 10 years has not existed for. So I'm like, 2008, that was like two years ago, right? No. 
It, it feels so much more recent because, like, you and I graduated high school in 07 and 08, mm-hmm. and, like, basically we've been adults since then, mm-hmm. so I just lump everything into adulthood, and the Montauk Monster happened in my adulthood. Mm-hmm. However, it happened 12 years ago. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we've been adults for a while. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so in July 2008, again, almost exactly 12 years ago, a weird body washed up on the shores of Montauk, New York. It was that of a weird creature that was bloated, with mottled gray skin, strange feet, and some kind of beak or sharp teeth, just like some sort of weird conical mouth shape. I'm doing it with my hand, which only Sasha can see, yeah. but it's basically what the mouth looked like. I'm going to talk yeah. like this the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so the three people who, or sorry, four people initially saw it, and that was Jenna Hewitt and three of her friends. They told The Mm -hmm. Independent on July 12th, so again, almost exactly 12 years ago, like literally it was like 12 years and one week ago, Yeah, they said that they had gone to Ditch Plains Beach to surf and chill and just like sit around, but while they were setting up their beach spot, they noticed something odd. Jenna snapped a photo, and she and her friends even joked that clearly whatever it was was some sort of mutant experiment from the nearby Mm. Plum Island Disease Center. Sorry, Plum Island Mm -hmm. Animal Disease Center. So clearly, (laughs) they're doing something there. God only knows. But once the article was published, it went 2008 viral, which is to say link-sharing websites loved it, and that was pretty much it because there wasn't much else. Like, Twitter Mm -hmm. was barely a thing at the time. The first theories floated were that, haha, floated. I didn't even intentionally do that. I'm so dumb. <laughs> that, so they thought, okay, this is a sea creature that is just decaying weird. But sure. William Wise, director of the Living Marine Resources Institute at Stony Brook University, says, no, absolutely not, because, quote, sea turtles do not have teeth. Unlike whatever this creature does, which clearly has right. like, teeth in them. Which, uh- Pointy teeth. Yep, so then people are like, okay, it's a raccoon that's missing its upper jaw, which is why it's, it's shaped funny. And again, Wise says, probably not, because the legs are too long in proportion to the body, so raccoons have kind of, like, stubby legs. This creature yeah. has longer legs. Yeah. So that's weird. And then there's just the other kind of, like, general theories. Okay, so it's a rodent, but it doesn't have the signature big front teeth that all rodents have. Yeah. Or it's a wolf, dog, or sheep, but it would have to have something very wrong with its skeleton to be any of those things. Because, like, if it's a wolf or a dog, it has a weird eye ridge and something else that dogs don't have. And then Mm -hmm. if it's a sheep, something about, like, the rest of its body was wrong. Basically, it doesn't fit the description of anything we expect it to. Sure. So naturally, what else could it be but a monster? By the time July 29th rolled around, Gawker had picked up the story of what had been called the Hound of Bonacville. Okay. Because it, it was a Hound of the Baskervilles pun. Oh. And I think they call, Bonackers is, I think what they call people who go to the Hamptons. It's something like, it's like some sort of like local slang for people who do a certain something. But I was yeah. reading it late at night and now I don't remember. <laughs> so their headline was... Dead monster washes ashore in Montauk. And initially, those with Gawker who had been sent the photo were like, this is clearly a viral marketing stunt, but sure, we'll run the story. And that's when cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman got involved. Coleman is best known as the man who named the Dover Demon back in the 70s. And people sent him the picture for his, heavy air quotes, professional scientific opinion, because he's a cryptozoologist. No offense right. to cryptozoologists. But, you know. Yeah. At first, he thought the whole thing was a hoax because his birthday was July 12th. So he's like, haha, I get it. This monster washed ashore on my birthday. Thanks, guys. But then yeah. people kept sending him this picture and they're like, what the fuck is this thing? What is this? And then he's like, okay, maybe it's not a hoax. And so he tried to get to New York to see it with his own eyes, but the body had already disappeared from the beach. Now, keep in mind, it's only about two weeks after they saw it for the first time and the story broke. So, at this point, Coleman dubbed the creature the Montauk Monster and saw himself out. He's like, all right, I've done my due diligence. (laughs) Deuces. Deuces. Y'all are on your own. It's my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) So, remember how I said the body disappeared? 
Yeah. Jenna, the initial witness who took the photo, the infamous photo, claimed Ooh. that a guy, quote, a guy took it and put it in the woods in his backyard. Oh. <laughs> sure. And, like, her dad came forward and was like, it's not me. I'm not the guy who came and took it and buried it. Please stop digging up my property. Please don't. <laughs> Other sources just said it was gone with no clues as to where it went, which means no <sighs> autopsy could be performed. No bones uh, were left to be studied. There was no cause of death to be determined. Nothing to even tell if the creature was some sort of, like, latex creation as a stunt or some kind of prank. Yeah. One surfer slash real estate agent, and yes, that's how the article credited him. It was like, so-and-so, a surfer slash real estate agent, and I'm like... Where is your real estate business that you list surfer first? Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's like me being like podcaster and communications professional. It's like, come on. Yeah. No offense to our podcast. It's very professional. It's very professional. But yeah, I wouldn't list that I'm a podcaster first and a teacher second. Yeah, or I wouldn't, I also wouldn't be like, hobby baker and communications professional actually someone i'm trying to find it in my the article that i researched but yeah they like describe each person's like like occupation along with like what they are but it's like one of the stories carrie dunlap i'll talk about him later but he's a 31 year old teacher rapper and concert promoter Oh my god. I'm like, I want to know what he teaches. (laughs) I know. But he's also a rapper and concert promoter. I hope he teaches something like statistics, like something like the opposite of concert promoting. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So anyway, so surfer slash real estate agent said that he took the carcass because he wanted to preserve the bones for an art project. So I guess he's surfer slash real estate agent slash art project guy. But he had put it on his buddy's property And then somebody stole it from his buddy's property. Oh, no. So, in the 12 years it's been since the Montauk monster washed ashore. (laughs) The whole 12 years. You know, that recent cryptid of 12 years ago. (laughs) We still don't know what it was. Huh. So, all this time has passed. We have no clue. Someone came out of the woodwork to say that he had created the monster with friends out of a dead raccoon. Someone else claimed that they had worked at a bar where a patron admitted to the Montauk monster drama, saying that he had found a dead animal and he tried to give it a Viking funeral. So he tried to, like, push it out to sea. But then because of the way surf works, it just, like, came right back in and, you know, it washed ashore. And then people were like, wait, what the fuck is this? But even cryptozoologist Coleman admits that that's... That's probably what happened, that it's not actually a dead cryptid. He says that it looks like a raccoon body that's been beaten up by the ocean for a bit before washing ashore. So that could be why the legs look so long, because it just got, like, battered by the surf. Yeah, it came, like, his, like, joints came detached. Yeah. And he just kind of stretched out. Yeah. And the people Mm. who originally claimed to see the body don't talk about it anymore. Like, if you try to contact them and you're like, hey, what did you see? They do not want to talk about it. So it's like, okay, was this, like, a prank that they did? Or do they really believe it's a monster and it's some sort of, like, government conspiracy cover-up? Or are they just like, look, it was 12 years ago. I'm a real adult now as opposed to just, like, a 20-year-old adult. Leave me alone. I am a real estate... Slash surfer. Slash surfer, not surfer slash real estate. Yeah. Yeah. I list real estate agent first now. So. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I swear around the time the Montauk Monster happened, within like six months, I swear this like student film crew came up and they were like, we go to like NYU. I don't remember where they went, but they said that they were Mm -hmm. doing like a monster movie and that it was a prop they had made. But I cannot find Mm. record of this online. That sounds familiar. Right? I was like, I because when I said I wanted to do the Montauk Monster, I remembered clearly it turned out to be just like a film project where they had left the prop on the beach to film, then they took it away mm. and everybody like flipped out. Gotcha. But I cannot find that now. So like, did I dream this? Am I from an alternate reality? <laughs> or did they redact their statement? Oh, maybe. Or retract their statement rather. Yeah. And that just doesn't show up in like the... In like Google searches. Google searches now. Yeah. Because like, 
it would be one thing if the body hadn't disappeared. It'd be super easy to, like, pick it up and be like, oh, this is made out of latex. This is a prank. Yeah. But yeah. we don't have the body, so it could be anything. Could be anything. And though we Could be a nursery. Could be a nursery. And <laughs> even though we haven't found out what the Montauk monster was, numerous other similarly shaped beasts have washed ashore in the decade plus two years it's been. As recently as a year ago, in June of 2019, John Graziano was out for a walk in Staten Island with his girlfriend and his dog when they found a weird carcass on the beach. It kind of looks like the thing that washed up on Long Island a few years back, he said. And sure enough, it does. Oh, it washed up a few years ago? See, that guy also thought it was a few years ago. He did, yeah. And I'm like, sir, it was when you were saying this, you know... 11 years ago. 11 years ago. I can do math. It's fine. <laughs> Why didn't you just do 12 minus 1, Courtney? Don't worry about it. Anyway, <laughs> the only thing is he took a picture of this monster, and this one really does just look like a dead raccoon. Oh. Oh, that's yeah. sad. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's that's just a dead raccoon. And that's the Montauk monster. And genuinely, like, the Montauk monster <laughs> website that I cited is a blog where they just post, like, sightings of, like, this one washed up in Oregon. This one washed up in Massachusetts. And it's, like, it's very similarly shaped stuff. Oh, sorry. But, I Googled I Googled the Staten Island thing, and it's just, it's so sad. It's so bloated. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it happens. None of us are at our it best happens. when we pass away. No. Oh, I'm going to look at cute cute raccoon photos now. Yes. Cute raccoon photos. My favorite is the gif of the oh, raccoon trying to wash the cotton one. candy. Yeah, and it And then he, he yeah, he's like, like "Wash it." They, like we call them trash pandas, but they actually are quite hygienic. They wash their hands like, and I, they wash I, their like, food. There's a photo as soon as I cute raccoon photos. The first one that came up was a raccoon with big head and little hands oh, like this. Oh, babies. They're so cute. What the? Oh, my God. Look at their tails. Okay. All right. I feel better now. <laughs> Let's just talk about <laughs> raccoons. It's so cute. They have I a penis so bone. It's great. Wow. <laughs> a lot of mammals have a penis bone. Humans are weird for not having it. Yeah. Like, even other primates have the penis bone. It's called a baculum. You can look it up. Uh-huh. It sounds like I'm making a joke. I am not. It's genuinely no, no. thing. But it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a literal bone it's in a real thing. penises. So my first thing is quite recent, actually, in that it's 2020, and many of us have been forced to quarantine what? or Why? you know. What? What? Did you is this the first you're hearing about this? Yeah. Yeah. So the the piece is called, it's from the New York Times, it's called Quarantine with a Ghost. It's scary. For those who believe they've locked down with spectral roommates, the pandemic has been less, less isolating than they bargained for. This is compiled by Molly Fitzpatrick and published in May of this year. So like, you know, like six to eight weeks after we all started quarantining. Can I just say, so I know yeah. we all made jokes about how like dogs are so thrilled their owners are home and cats are like, please fucking leave. Which hasn't been yeah. my experience. My cat loves having me around. Oh, oh my god, I'm so scared to have to leave Mona and like. Yeah. I'm glad Jr. is going to continue to like work from yeah, home so because I don't think she's going to be her. able to like handle the <laughs> isolation. Anyway, so can you imagine being a ghost and being used to like the people who deign to live in your house are suddenly around all the fucking time? Yes. And it's like that- I just want to do my ghost shit. Why are you still right. here? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, we're talking about so, how hard it is for the people. Think of the poor ghost. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the ghosts have now had their schedules basically upended. Yeah, and nobody's and, trying to accommodate them. And, like, as long as this quarantine and, you know, work from home continues, yeah. then it's like, you know, we talk about our new normal, right? The ghosts are like, well, fuck, maybe I should just pass over to the other side. Yeah, what the, what's the point of sticking around if you clowns are going to be here? Right. Like, I I wanted to use today to, like, watch my Netflix shows, and I wanted to rummage through your cabinets, and I was going to use a bunch of time today just, like, open and shut doors while you guys were out, but no, you're here now. Yeah. This is going to be really weird. And you're super weird about me opening and closing doors at random and turning the sink on. I'm sorry, I think indoor plumbing is cool. Right? Like, I didn't make this weird, you made this weird, because people in your society of the living aren't wearing masks. Yeah, so whose fault is it, Debbie? (laughs) You know, I bet 
not not to be insensitive about like the crisis that's happening right now, but I wonder if in like two to five years there will be like ghosts from this pandemic. I wonder. I bet there would be. I mean, I feel like the, I if I if I passed because of COVID, I would be pissed off. Yeah, I would absolutely come the fuck back and be like, "Buenos dias, children. I'm fucking pissed." Yeah. Exactly. So, so Mitch McConnell, it's me. Knock, knock. <laughs> Just like stick a cold hand in his face all the time. Mm-hmm. I hate that guy. God, I hate that guy he so He would much. never get a decent night's sleep again. I'd be like, Mm-mm. what's that? It's two in the morning and you're really sleepy. Well, we're going to listen to Take Me to Church at 100% volume. <laughs> <laughs> On repeat. Yeah, you're you're going to like it. <laughs> You're going to like it. So, so yeah. So, basically, since people have been in self-isolation or in quarantine, either alone or with their partner or their roommates, there has been kind of an uptick of a, some ghost sightings or hauntings, right? They might not have seen the ghost necessarily, but they feel that something is in their apartment with them. So some people do say they're frightened, and other people actually appreciate the company, because in a time of self-isolation or isolating with only one other person, sometimes it's nice to have another person joining you. Yeah. But if you do accept the premise that ghosts are real, it can stand to reason that there might be some tension that might naturally result from the ghost having to deal with their not-dead counterparts, like we said. So John E.L. Tenney, who describes himself as a paranormal researcher and also is a former host of the TV show Ghost Stalkers, which I had never heard of before. I've never heard of Ghost Stalkers, but sure. (laughs) Ghost Stalkers, interesting. So are they stalking the ghosts? Or this is like the ghosts of stalkers? Oh. No, 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 I think they're stalking the ghosts. All right. Although I would be curious to see if there are ghosts that stalk. I'm sure Because I always talk about, like, I'm going to haunt the shit out of someone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There must be. So he <laughs> It must be. So he estimates that he received about 2 to 5 reports of a haunted house each month in 2019, and then lately it's been more like 5 to 10 in just a week. Oh dang. So like he's been getting a lot more sightings and reports and people wanting him to like come check things out. He says that he's seen something like this before. Back in 1999, immediately before Y2K. 1999 is 21 years ago. Sure is. That was hard to wrap my mind around. Welp. As hard as 2008. (laughs) 2008 was two years ago. We just said it. It really was. (laughs) Yeah. We're in 2010, not 2020. Yeah. So immediately before Y2K, he also witnessed a spike in reported ghost and poltergeist activity, as well as UFO sightings, which in his experience, he says that also are on the rise in this moment. I do feel like I've also heard about like more reports from people being like, I saw some weird blinking in the sky. And it's like, you might just be looking at the sky more because you're trying to get out of your house. Yeah. But he says that it seems to have something to do with our heightened state of anxiety and our hypervigilance. So because we are all on edge because it's 2020, that we, our brains are like overreacting to simple things. Mm-hmm. So that clunk he has, in the attic suddenly seems like there's definitely a person living up there. Whereas yeah. before it was just like, it's maybe a 40% chance that there's someone living up there. Right. So he has no doubt in his mind that the vast majority of these cases that are in his inbox are completely explainable in nature. And this is, again, a ghost hunter. Yeah. He's, like, telling some people that's, like, no, it's not you. You're lonely. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, it's not a ghost. You're just lonely. Yeah. He says, when the sun comes up and the house starts to warm up, these people are usually at work. They're not used to hearing the bricks pop and the wood expand. Mm. It's not that the house wasn't making the sounds beforehand. It's just that they never had time to notice the house. Yeah. So these are some examples from people interviewed by the New York Times. All of them were relatively young professionals. So like people who worked in IT, writers, teachers, basically people who were able to work from home during this quarantining period. Surfers slash real estate agents. Yeah. Can't go surfing. Can't show houses in person. You can only show them virtually, right? So Adrian Gomez lives with his partner in Los Angeles, where their first few days of sheltering in place for the coronavirus pandemic proved uneventful. They worked remotely, baked, took a two-mile walk each morning, did stuff around the house, you know, fixed some stuff up. It was fine. But one night, the doorknob began to rattle vigorously, so loud that Adrian could hear it from across the apartment. But no one was there. 
Then in mid-April, Adrian was in bed when a nearby window shade began shaking against the window frame so intensely, despite the fact that the window was closed, an adjacent window shade remained perfectly still, and the cats were all accounted for. There was no bug, no bird, no, like, other mysterious small creature that had gotten stuck in the blinds. And Adrian thought it might be an earthquake, and then realized that, like, no, it's not an earthquake. So just the that's crazy. It's just the one blind. So you're thinking about just like the, yeah, just the one. You know, though. I would expect just both the one. to do it, but that's weird. <laughs> right? If you've got two next to each other, yeah. nope, it was just the one. I very seriously hid myself under the comforter, like you see in horror movies, because <laughs> it really freaked me out. He said, and because they can't get you under the blanket. <laughs> right? No one can get you under the blanket. That's the rule. So though he and his partner didn't notice any other unexplained activity at home before this, the couple can distinctly make out footsteps above their heads, but no one lives above them. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He says, I'm a fairly rational per- person, says Adrian, age 26. I try to think, what are the reasonable, tangible things that could be causing this? But when I don't have those answers, I start to think, maybe something else is going on. Uh-oh. Madison Hill, age 24, is riding out the pandemic with her boyfriend in her apartment in Florence, Italy. She had always had her suspicions about her home, particularly the bathroom. There was a sense that someone was watching her, oh. doors slamming and towels inexplicably on the floor. I don't, I don't like that they're watching like her that. in the bathroom. The bathroom's a vulnerable no, place. Mm-hmm. Let's just leave the mm-hmm. bathroom alone. Leave the bathroom alone. A lot of shit happens there, literally. Literally. <laughs> A few weeks into quarantine, she woke up to find something on her nightstand that did not belong there. It was a camera lens, one she'd brought from the United States when she moved, but lost during the move, right? Mm -hmm. She had long given up on ever finding it, but here it was. Since then, other small objects, including a set of keys, have moved to strange new places inside her apartment. The reappearance of the camera lens in particular struck her as maybe a mischievous or playful gesture, perhaps even a thoughtful suggestion that this could be the perfect time for Madison, who majored in film in college, to pick up her old hobby. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. The ghost so is just like, a nice ghost. you have a lot of time because of quarantine. Right. So what I'm thinking up. is, one, maybe her boyfriend just yeah. found it, right? Or moved it but and then didn't say. The other thing is that, you know, when she moved... She was like, oh, I can't find this camera lens. I can't find this camera lens. Uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever. Like, that was just my hobby. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just move on. And the ghost was sitting there like, ooh, I'm going to make her happy. Right? Yeah. Although I don't like the bathroom stuff. No. But that, I, I don't want to think about the bathroom stuff. The film stuff mm-mm. is nice. <laughs> yeah. The film stuff is nice. Not don't the combine the two. That's, don't combine that's the two. Bad. No filming in the bathroom. No. Janie Cowan believes she's been haunted since college. So that's... She's uh, 31, so that's... Oh, damn. Uh, that's like Montauk Monster era. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a long time to be haunted. Yeah. She picked up something while she was in college and hasn't let her let go of her since. Damn. The ghost that she's named Matthew, a, quote, good biblical name chosen in the hopes that it would keep him on his best behavior, <laughs> explained Janie. I mean, if you're gonna do that, just, like, name him Jesus. Like, right. go the whole oh, sorry. way. Janie... Janie is 26. Her husband is 31. Oh, okay. But, but, but still, still, that's still a long time yeah. to be haunted. She has historically made his presence known in her Nashville home through the sounds of someone running up and down the staircase at night. Uh. Yeah. The noises are not like a house settling or like their cat walking around, said her husband, Will uh, Cowan, who's 31. It's very clearly out to get our attention. So it would be like if you knew that Psyche was in Mysterious Third Roommate's room. Yeah, but something was coming up Zelda was with you, and Science Roommate was in bed, Mm -hmm. and someone's just running up and down the stairs all the time. You're just like, the cat isn't here. What? Don't like it. Also, if I were going to name a ghost, and this is, you know, yeah, whatever... I didn't even really like the show, Angel. It's not as good as Buffy. But there's, in the early seasons, Cordelia has a ghost roommate who starts Mm -hmm. out, she's like, oh no, it's a poltergeist. But then they figure out there's another ghost in there and that ghost Uh, is the problem. But mm -hmm. the other ghost is named Dennis and Dennis is chill. And Dennis does like favors around the house. So he's just like, you know, a nice guy. So if I were going to have a ghost, his name would be Dennis. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, I, yeah, I would probably just be like, I don't know. Stop being uh, a ghost. It definitely wouldn't be like Matthew. No. I know too many Matthews. Yeah, get I know way too many people named Matthew. Like, 
Don't give yeah. it a people we're, name. We're people born in the late ni- uh, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Like, everyone's, everyone's named, named Matthew. Matthew. So around the same time that the couple began to self-isolate in March, Will started to use their guest bathroom so that his wife, who's a home health nurse and has been picking up more night shifts during the pandemic, could sleep without the sounds of his morning routine disturbing her. Oh, that's nice. He found that Matthew, who both spouses agree prefers Janie, <laughs> doesn't seem to appreciate these changes. <laughs> On three separate occasions, while showering in the guest bath, Will has been unexpectedly blasted with cold water. Damn! But it wasn't just a quirk of the plumbing. Every time he said he reached to find the hot water nozzle had been turned off. (laughs) So this ghost is really like, I don't want you coming between me and her. Matthew's like, don't you use my bathroom. Bathroom. (laughs) Like, I am a guest in your house. This is my bathroom. Yeah, what's the point of a guest bathroom if the house owner uses it? Right. To which I say, Matthew, don't be a dill hole. Yeah, share your bathroom, Matthew. needs her sleep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Will is trying to do something nice here. And you like Jamie, so you should want nice things to happen to her. Yeah. (laughs) So, Carrie Dunlap, that teacher, rapper, concert promoter, (laughs) age 31... And his girlfriend, Alexandra, age 26, share a one-bedroom apartment in Queens. And Carrie believes he met their resident ghost last summer for the first time. He saw her in the bathroom in the middle of the night wearing green scrubs, standing an arm's length away from him. See, I feel the scrubs thing, just because I'm thinking about, like, all the pandemic stuff, I'm just like, is this, like... A premonition. Yeah. (laughs) But she appeared to be glowing, and then the woman vanished when he turned on the light. Carrie knew that one of the friends the couple is subleasing from had also spotted a ghost in the apartment. Both agreed that they had seen an older Asian woman of a small stature. So this is like small, older Asian woman in scrubs, Mm -hmm. maybe lived in the apartment before. Could be a modern ghost, right? Could be. A contemporary ghost. So, Carrie and Alexandra used to find themselves in a routine of late-night tug-of-war over their too-small comforter they shared. Several weeks ago, Carrie woke late at night to the sensation of what he assumed was Alexandra adjusting the blanket at his feet to spread it evenly across the bed. When the movement stopped and he didn't feel his girlfriend climb into bed beside him, he called out to her, and she didn't answer. But then she came back in from the bathroom. Oops. It was so weird, dude, Carrie said. It was so weird. (laughs) But the incident left him and Alexandra with this lingering positive impression, like whoever or whatever it was had been trying to make the couple feel more comfortable or to, like, mediate a potential conflict between them Mm -hmm. before it happened. So it's like, while Alexandra was in the bathroom, the ghost was like, let me fix this blanket for you guys. Yeah, tuck those feet in. So nice, nice, nice little little ghosty friend. Mm Mm-hmm. And then finally, for Danielle, a 39-year-old lawyer, isolation predated the pandemic. She had been recovering at her home in British Columbia since contracting an unrelated serious illness over the winter. So not coronavirus, but just another illness. So that sucks to be, like, really sick over the winter and then to go straight into, pandemic. you know, quarantine pandemic. Yeah. So she first experienced strange activity back in February when she kept walking into her guest bedroom to find a particular lamp turned on, although she had no memory of leaving it that way. This happened again and again and again until on a whim she said out loud, don't turn that back on. (laughs) Could you just stop? Would you just stop? (laughs) So the next time she entered the room, she found the ceiling light, which she never turns on, blazing (laughs) that's the ghost being like fuck you i do what i want (laughs) like i need light in here (laughs) it's too dark so on more than one occasion she's heard voices of a man and a woman having a conversation that she couldn't quite make out and then more recently she was sewing face masks in that same guest bedroom she had exactly enough fabric left to make one more mask but when she briefly turned away from the ironing board where she had just pressed the double cotton gauze the two remaining pieces had disappeared. Hmm. It was gone, Danielle said. Like, in a 20-second period, gone. I went and checked the garbage pail, nothing. Checked the recycling, nothing. My fabric stash, nothing. I tore the house apart looking for these two pieces of fabric, and they have never come back. Hmm. Danielle describes herself as a highly social person, someone whose friends and families had worried about how she'd fare cooped up all by herself. 
She says, this feels like someone kind of popping by to cheer me up, keep tabs, or just make sure that I'm not feeling alone. That's nice. Yeah, but also it's like, wait, but there was enough fabric to make one more mask. (laughs) So why so many ghosts in the time of quarantine and shelter in place? This could be a side effect of loneliness in our time. In quarantine, you're physically confined and also psychologically confined, and your world narrows, said Kurt Gray, an associate professor at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. You're trapped at home. You need human contact. It's comforting to think that there's a supernatural agent here with you. And the idea of a paranormal identity can provide someone a little bit of social sustenance to help them endure their solitude. Then that's great, right? Mm -hmm. As long as the ghost isn't advising hauntees to, like, go into emergency rooms without a mask and French kiss everybody. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's bad ghost advice. Don't take that advice. Mm -hmm. And if you're freaked out by strange noises in the middle of the night or experiencing feelings of dread in your basement or, or attic, Courtney... I don't go in the don't attic, pan- so I don't feel dread up there. Right. But you think about the attic and you feel dread. I do, yes. So don't panic, says Tenny, the ghost stalker host. Take careful notes on what you observe, and you might soon find a rational in- uh, explanation for your fears. What if that strange noise at 2.50 p.m. every weekday is just the US, uh, UPS truck clattering by? But then Mr. Tenny also offers this suggestion. One could argue that the ghost puttering around in your house is not only there, but has always been there. Maybe you are what's changed, or maybe you're listening more closely to the greater quiet all around us. Perhaps we're now just starting to notice that the world is a little bit weirder than we gave it credit for. That's what we were saying. That's what we've been saying. (laughs) (laughs) It's like he listens to our podcast. I I do wonder. Maybe. Maybe. Tenny, if you listen to our podcast, please let us know. Yeah, emailspeepower@gmail.com. <laughs> we'll send you a face mask. Yeah. That isn't of shitty quality. <laughs> oh, yeah. A quick note about the face masks. So I previously ordered a Mothman mask from the original Redbubble site we plugged, and not to shit on Redbubble, but it is not a very good quality mask. So Mm-mm. we talked to Mysterious Third Roommate about it, and now the face mask lives in our tea Public store. And then obviously proceeds go to her because it's her mask design. Yeah. But yep. if you've entered the Mothman contest, that's the Mothman mask you're going to get. The design's the same. It's just going to be a higher quality mask. Yeah, so, it's not going to be shitty. Yeah. And there's also chonky cryptid masks in the tea Public store as well. So if you want a chonky cryptid on your mask, you can get that too. It's pretty legit. So. All right. All right. Are you ready to hear about what I think is something modern haunting a historic murder site? Ooh, please tell me. Okay. So, in Somerset in the UK, a very modern haunting may be happening. Amongst the scenic hills is an area known as Dead Woman's Ditch, which sounds not very scenic, but it's like it's like rolling hills and forests and stuff, and so there's yeah. like a, there's like a natural little ditch there. Sure. It earned its nickname in 1789 when Jane Walford was murdered by her shitty husband John on the Quantock Hills. Shitty husbands. Can you not? Can we not? Two ghost hunters, Christine and Dave Thomas, not the Wendy's guy, count this region among their many haunts (laughs) when they are in the mood to see some spirits. Among the spirits they've seen there are a murderer from 1798, various residual memories that get replayed, and several disembodied voices. But arguably the best of these alleged hauntings, and the one the Thomases are looking into as recently as June 30th, is the spirit of a woman in white. That's right, a woman in a color. A woman in a color! But I think she's a modern ghost, because you know she's hanging around Dead Woman's Ditch, because you will hear her catchphrase. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Modern woman in white! This is exactly what I wanted when I wanted modern ghosts. I wanted someone who's gonna be like, yeah, fuck off. Anyway, it's not just the ghost hunters who have heard her potty mouth. One local said he was walking across a parking lot near the area when a post-it notepad fell out of the sky. But there were no buildings nearby, so it's not like someone just threw it out of a window. So the Is modern she a modern just, businesswoman? Yes. She's just like, fuck <laughs> off. Here's some sticky notes. Because I also love sticky notes. I get it. I love sticky notes. They're so good. I have like eight packs. It's amazing. Yeah. On another instance, the same local said he had seen an old man walking towards him on a winter night. 
The man was wearing a cap and walking a dog and said hello as he passed. But when the local turned around, the man was gone. But obviously that man is not as cool as the fuck off woman. No, the fuck off woman is amazing. Yeah, she's Oh just, my god. I love her. We stand a sticky note potty mouth queen. Oh my god, I love her. I'm wow. obsessed. And then I, have, I thank you for sharing her with me. <laughs> I, I found it and I was like, there's not much of a story here, but also I love it. I have to wow. say, fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, and like other people have reported they'll hear her like whispering hello to them. But I just like that like the ghost hunters go and they're like, are there ghosts here? And she's just like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I also have two quick advice column ghosts. Yeah. So I did not expect to find ghost stories in Slate's parenting advice column. That's so funny. But here we are. So a recent letter to Karen Feeding, like within the past couple of months, and Karen Feeding is Slate's like parenting advice column where, you know, you're like, my kid's being weird. What do I do? You write into Karen Feeding. So this one was from a grandparent dealing with an odd recurring nightmare. Their two and a half year old grandson has been waking up every night for the past week and a half, insisting that there is a spooky lady in his room. He says that she has to get something from his room. And then if you ask him why he thinks she keeps coming to visit, he says she wants to put something on his foot. No. It got to the point where the little boy was afraid to go to bed. The boy was Uh also potty training and recently had a new sister come into the picture. But, quote, this just seems so specific and kind of creepy. I don't like that. No. The advice columnist recommended putting on a nightlight, leaving the lights on entirely, and using a, quote, weird lady spray that renders strange apparitions harmless. They also suggest getting a nanny cam, quote, so we can see the ghost. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, that's amazing. (laughs) I love it. Oh, my God. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, that would be, like, you and me telling, like, your best friend. Mm -hmm. If, you know, like... yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, just, like, try to trick the kid into thinking there's no ghost, but also please set up the nanny cam. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> just in case. Real. Tell them that this air freshener is actually ghost repellent. Put yeah. on a nightlight. But also, like, maybe set up your phone the next time yeah, they say you the wanna, ghost. you want to yeah, send us some video? <laughs> yeah, like, maybe, you know, can't hurt. But ghosts definitely can't aren't hurt. real. But, like, in the event that they are, like, maybe, you know, yeah. like, set up a little, yeah. a little something, yeah. something. Not a big deal. Something. Anyway. Not a big deal. Also from Slate, someone wrote to Dear Prudence in 2017 saying that their mother-in-law claimed to be psychic. But their husband said, I don't know, we, we can't know for sure she's not psychic, and we can't know for sure ghosts aren't real, so I guess, I guess like we go me. along with it. <laughs> so they wrote to Dear Prudence because the mother-in-law was almost exclusively using her powers to tell them not to buy houses they were looking at. Because she feels they have dark auras and bad vibes. Even though she wasn't accompanying them on their house hunt, she hasn't been to any of the houses, and she lives two states away. (laughs) But the husband was going along with what his mother was saying, being like, oh, well, let's just keep the peace. We'll just keep looking for a house that doesn't give her bad vibes. So they keep passing on all these houses because the mom's like, no, it's definitely haunted because I'm psychic. Danny Lavery, who is Dear Prudence, suggested laying down boundaries with a psychic mother-in-law. He was like, look, if this is the shit she's going to pull now when you're shopping for houses, it's absolutely going to come up again and it's only going to get worse. So you and your husband need to present a united front and be like, all right, no more psychic time on our house hunt. Yeah. So. Let us figure out if it has a dark aura on our own. Yeah. We deserve if there are ghosts in there, not you. That's so funny. I love it. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. All right, last one from me. Is there a ghost at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City? So I kind of transcribed a little bit of the interviews from this video that they put out around Halloween 2018. So the video started off with an interview with security officer Johnny Bush. Basically, he introduces the concept of this MoMA ghost, and he took the camera person and the interviewer to the fourth floor gallery after midnight and started gesturing towards a piece of art and was trying to say, like, this is about where usually, and he was interrupted because a the lights went out in the gallery standing, like, right behind him. Uh-oh. So, 
And he started un- uncomfortably laughing and was like, see? <laughs> <laughs> it also didn't help that, like, in this video, the security doors make this terrible, loud, and scary noise when they're opened. Uh. And then going back, like, so him talking about the ghost, basically he was saying it's kind of hard for us to discuss it, like, if we haven't had experience like if you haven't had experience with it but he trusts the experience that others have had and then the lights went out again (laughs) but like in the gallery that he was in and he was like okay see whatever the entity is it has a sense of humor and if that's the case i'm totally okay with this ghost (laughs) this ghost Um, is like i'm real bitch lights i'm real right and so he's like yeah see like exactly here it is Anne Mora, the film curator at MoMA, says, who's to say there isn't another world that we can't see or don't want to see? And she shared a story about seeing this gray spectral embodiment of an average-sized man in the theater. There's there's a theater in the MoMA mm-hmm. in their projection room. And after she saw it, the projectionist was like, so did you see it? That's the ghost. And she was like, yeah, I know what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Philip Gabriel, the film and programs and visitor engagements person, and David Bennett, the associate director of membership, shared two different stories. Philip Gabriel shared a story about a lady in white. Hey, did she say fuck off? (laughs) No, I think, but basically that security has encountered her several times late at night. And where their building has now expanded, there used to be a hotel (laughs) where that part of the museum stands. So thinking that... She's, like, tied to the place, so not necessarily tied to the museum, but she was a guest in the hotel that they tore down. Mm -hmm. And then Bennett shared that he grew up on an island off the coast of Maine and shares the idea that ghosts can't cross water, so everyone who died on that island is stuck there. And he says, it's a pretty haunted island. So kind of laying the groundwork for, like, yeah, I definitely believe there's a ghost at this museum. I lived, I grew up on a haunted island. (laughs) Sergio McKinney, foreman at MoMA, said that he was cleaning the escalators at night and saw an old lady dressed in white at the top of the escalator he was working on. He looked at her, looked down at what he was doing, looked up again. She was still there, and so he ran. He was like, I didn't wait for the elevator. I took the stairs. (laughs) Amazing. Chris McGlinchey, a conservation scientist, took the crew up to the ninth floor in what kind of looked like a construction-looking area that had zippered walls, but I guess it's like his conservation science lab. Mm-hmm. But he shared a story of a security guard who was making the rounds late at night, came to the ninth floor, and saw a ghost, quickly left, just <laughs> turned around and went, and he quit his job. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not but McGlinchey, McGlinchey thinks that actually it might have been his fault. He has a tank of liquid nitrogen in that space, and that might have been the culprit. It makes weird noises that are very horrible, especially if it's like leaking or it's like turned on. It releases cloudy air, and it's just generally spooky. Oh. He's like, it's this like oblong white thing that if you saw it at night, you might think it's a ghost. Oh, no. And then if you seek out this video, Chris McGlinchey has the worst, like, creepy laugh. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was, like, doing my research at, like, 2 a.m. So he's, like, was, like sitting in bed villain. with my headphones on, and he's just like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Oh, man, he's absolutely... And who was the old woman in white? They pull the mask off. Mr. McGlinchey. And he's like, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you lousy kids. (laughs) 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 Louis Bedard, who's their security manager at MoMA, said that if you believe in something, it's going to happen. If you don't, it probably doesn't exist. So basically, like, if you will it into existence, you're going to think that it's real. But he shared the story of Mike Moen, a former security guard, who said that the curtains in the theater open and close over and over by themselves at night. Bedard believes it and says that if he saw it himself, he'd take off running. But he was like, I, I don't have time for this bullshit. Again, not today. <laughs> not today. It's like these poor security guards and like the cleaning staff at night have to be in this museum by themselves. That's <laughs> it's so just sad. like a lot of it is like not today. Yeah, I would imagine that like because the MoMA's pretty big, right? Mm-hmm. I would imagine that even if it's not haunted, it's a really creepy space to be in when you're yeah. in there. Because like I don't imagine they would turn all the lights on at night, right? So it would just be like 
that like very limited like overnight light and you're like yeah you know mopping and dusting shit and then there's like a lot of like stuff out of the corner of your eyes that you're like is that a person and And it's just a sculpture yeah Yeah. because let's check off's gun that feeling oh no yeah because because when i when i went and did the tour of not sure. I don't know why my brain was like Charles Darwin. No, Charles Dickens is or not Charles Dickens. Mark Twain's house. There we go. You got there. Jesus Christ. When I did the tour of Mark Twain's house, the guy who took us on the tour was like, you know, we're the last tour of the night, which means I'm the one who has to turn the lights off. And he tells us this when we're in the attic because you, for whatever reason, they start you on the ground floor and then you go up and then you go mm-hmm. down the back servant stairs to yeah. get out. So as you go out, he turns the lights off on every floor. And that was the creepiest fucking part of the tour because it is pitch black once yeah. the lights are off. And you're in these like really poorly lit back stairs and all of these like dark rooms and hallways with the fucking reflective wallpaper. And it's like, I don't like this. Don't like that. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, Jose Paz, the lead maintenance technician at MoMA, took the crew up to the attic at MoMA PS1, no. which is another one of their buildings. And, like, people don't have access to this attic. This mm-hmm. is, like, only for maintenance. They just check it for, like, leaks, and they only go up there when they have to. So, he and another worker named Sixo heard banging and loud noises coming from behind a large pair of doors, which were shaking. Jose Paz is a big guy. He took off running because he was so scared. Oh. And it's it is really creepy. Like yeah. this I really recommend watching this video because like it's really well edited and put mm-hmm. together, but like there are parts of the MoMA that like most people don't get to go to see and it's like quite scary. So then, finally, Oliver Schultz is their last interviewee, and he's the curatorial associate. He takes the crew to the museum's boiler room, which is just i i don't like it when i think about like a boiler room in like a modern building it's mostly just cement concrete like it's a boiler room right this is like a very old boiler room and looks like somewhere you would want to like raise the dead up out of the ground yeah like boiler room on the queen mary was the scariest part of the queen mary yeah it's like a very very much like a liminal space where you're like ah i feel like something could come through here yeah you know some real scooby-doo nonsense Goes down in boiler rooms. So his point was that the MoMA is a historical building, and it used to be a school before the museum took over. It feels like... Think about stone tape theory from last week's episode. Hey! Feels like the building absorbed all the experiences and presences of people over time. Mm. And it makes sense that it feels spooky when you're alone, especially at night. He says, all art has to do with ghosts in some ways because art is about persisting past life of the person who made it. So you're feeling the presence of something that's absent or should be absent, and that's what a ghost is. It's when mm-hmm. something appears that shouldn't be there. Gotcha. So basically he's like, it makes sense that people feel spooky in here yeah. because museums are inherently spooky. Even like this building was used for something else before it became a museum. All art has, like, the souls of its creator. Oh, um, yeah. You know, like, it's keeping something alive, right? Yeah. Like, you know, some people say that, like, once... I, I'm thinking even about, like, the movie Coco, right? That mm-hmm. you can... Y- y- you finally disappear when people stop remembering who you are. But Mm -hmm. art forces, art or, like, being a historical figure forces you to, like, never kind of cross over or never be fully gone from this world. So You're staying alive through something that isn't alive. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, like, a lot of museums are probably really creepy, not just the MoMA. (laughs) (laughs) Even the Met. Yeah. The Met has a lot of stuff from a lot of different countries around the world. Yeah. You know, it's probably haunted all the Smithsonian's. Yeah. Like, (laughs) anywhere you have a mummy that doesn't belong there. Haunted. Haunted. (laughs) Even if it does belong there, probably still haunted. Probably still haunted. (laughs) You in a pyramid? Haunted. Haunted. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed these semi-recent spoopinings. The spoopening. If, since your quarantine has begun, you've discovered that your home is haunted or... Some place you frequent, super haunted, or you've seen a recent ghost recently, 
email spoophour at gmail.com or connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at spoophour. Yep. Thank you to everyone who has been sending us pet photos. Yes. We love you so much. We love your fur babies so much. We'll call this, this will be the last week you can enter the Mothman giveaway. So Mm -hmm. email us by, I'm looking up what next Tuesday is. The 28th? Yes. Email us by July 28th so that you can enter be entered into our drawing for the Mothman mask, now higher quality, yay. Yay! All you have to do is email and be like, I would like to be entered, please, but if you want to also attach your pet photos, we're not going to say no. Yeah. It's been delightful. And again, go check out our Tee Public as well. Mm-hmm. I, I just pulled it up on my computer. My work computer blocks Tee Public. I had to override the block. Well, <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> but it says it's mature. But sure. <laughs> the chonky cryptid masks are really cute. They it's are the cute. chonky cryptid on a red background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am it's the going same to. Same red as their eyes. Yeah, I'm going to buy a bunch so I can wear them to work because it's like school spirit, right? Yeah. My school color is red. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but also has a chalky cryptid on it. Amazing. Yay. Yay. So check that out. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Mm-hmm. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Don't go out if you don't have to. Awesome. Haunted. Haunted. <laughs> they knocked that off. Sorry, someone was scratching the carpet because she just pooped. And that's inappropriate. <laughs> to be clear, it's my cat. It's not like a roommate is in here doing something weird. <laughs> I pooped. <laughs> I pooped. What the fuck? <laughs> I just start doing that after I poop. Well, yeah, you gotta let the world know. And just, like, sprint around the house. That's what she does. Goes great. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, she gets the zips. Yep. Anyway.